Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. You're reading with me, Michelle Martin. Good morning. My featured book today says there is a mismatch between what cognitive science knows and what business does. It says the focus on maximizing profits, cutting costs, being efficient, throwing in a new product or update along the way is just no longer enough for companies that are dealing with complex business challenges. It's a book that introduces the idea of next practice and a book that queries the very essence of innovation and how we think. The author is a former dean of Hay Group Global Research Centre. He has created modules for NUS and INSEAD business schools. The book we're reading today is titled Escape from System 1. Time to welcome its author. Good morning, Dr. Andreas Raharso. Morning, Michelle. Can you help us understand why you've chosen to write this book? Well, I mean, I'm always in innovation since more than 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So then I figure out actually how we arrive or what we understanding about innovation is completely wrong based on the latest cognitive science. Completely wrong. You must help us understand that. Well, yes, that's interesting thing. That's why I'm thinking to write this book because I believe and I see by myself that innovation is getting more important every single day. So if I can help anyone to do a better innovation for themselves or their company, then I think I do my part for this world. All right. I love the title of your book. It sounds like a video game almost. Escape from System 1. Dr. Rahasra, what exactly is System 1? Well, System 1 is basically the system that our brain uses every single day for our daily job, basically. So you open the door, definitely use System 1. Today, you're interviewing me mm-hmm. in the area that you already remember, do it multiple times, then basically system one. As simple as system one, basically when I ask you two times two, it's basically four will appear directly, right, in your brain, right? For those of like us that are not Matt's challenge, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's basically system one. So that's the automatic aspect of your brain. You say that's where intuition comes from as well. Information you don't necessarily have to think through, is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay, so there is System 2. Would you like to compare System 1 and System 2 so we understand what System 1 is? So I already explained about System 1, right? System 2 is actually the boss of our brain, the big boss, actually. Mm -hmm. But almost like all big boss, they have tend to be lazy and always on the background. So if you're able to engage System 2, then basically it's where your brain is on the top. But it's very difficult to activate System 2, even though after you understand or read my book. So even with willpower, it's difficult to activate System 2, but that that is what your book is moving us towards? Yes, that's correct. All right. Help us understand a concept that you discuss in your book called the effulgent brain. What is that? Well, we always say information, aha moment, we are on the force. I want to make it clear that we always said that, wow, we need a brilliant mind, something like that. Right? Remember the, the movie? Right. I about this? Yeah. Okay, I want to be more precise because what I said about uh, a full mind is basically when your brain able to engage system two, which is basically only a fraction of the time. Because system one is always win, 
is already an our uh, default DNA basically. So basically, Fulgen mind is when actually your brain at the system two is actually where you are at the top of your cognitive capability. Do your ideas draw on Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow? You know, the two different ways that we approach difficult questions. And, and don't we use both systems of our brains in our lives? Yes, we have to. Basically, even I said, for example, like you, Michelle, mm-hmm. or, or like me, when I'm leading the organization like you and you interviewing people like this, then mostly we have to use system one. If you are system two, then basically we will get fired because <laughs> when I reply to you, then it takes so long for you to, to reply because you are thinking, right? So basically we need the system system one most of the time. But like today, when we see so many disruption, right? We suddenly have to deal with COVID-19. Right now, is COVID-19 is over. There is invasion of Russia to Ukraine, for example. So many things happen. Then we need to think differently. Then we need to be creative. Then we need to be more innovative. Then actually, that's the time we need to access our system to more often. That's the challenge. If this world is no change at all, it's a very static, boring world, then perhaps no one needs to buy my book. <laughs> okay. Will readers who pick up your book, Dr. Raharso, will we all be able to think better after we understand some of the ideas in your book? Are you confident that we can move from autopilot? Or system yes, one I'm, thinking? Yes, I'm confident because um, besides I'm the academic, right now I'm a fellow at the NUS School of Computing, mm-hmm. but on the other side, I'm a former consultant. So I, I don't want to write a book that's too technical. That's why if you see my book is like a tin, right? And a full of, of tips, basically. I, I try to basically... Just read this thin book. At the end, you can apply directly. Try it yourself, Michelle. I will, you will definitely. Be much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as a challenge and not an insult. Why do you debunk the myth that you say it's a myth that humans are natural innovators? Why is that? Yes, basically, I mean, because this is my area of research, right? So all the time that we believe this is like our basic assumption mm-hmm. that we actually are all born innovative, uh, creative, that we need some framework to do that. So I have to tell you, based on the study, the evolution of human being mm-hmm. uh, two million years ago, that actually is not true. Because are you aware that our brain actually consumes so much glucose, which is sugar, mm. and, and you are aware, right? If mm. you are running off the sugar, you can get a shock and die, right? Correct? So mm. if, imagine two million years ago, if you are running out low on sugar, you cannot just go to 7-Eleven and buy some sweet thing, right? So that time you have to hunt. If there is no hunt, then you can die. So it's by default, our brain always want to be efficient, less use of sugar. And basically between system one and system two, system one use less sugar because it's intuition, shortcut, right? But system two, ah, that use a lot of sugar. So because of that, then we are rarely able to use our system two. Unfortunately, innovation happened at system two. All right. Okay, we're going to find out how ritual, you say ritual and training is part of the way that we access System 2. Is that right? 
correct. Okay, we'll get into that in a bit. I'm fascinated about this whole idea of how we think because I think technology is changing our ability to focus in a deep way. And I think that has some sort of impact on our ability to think through complex questions. I'm not sure if you agree. In your opinion, how is technology changing the way we think? From my point of view, especially in in the context of innovation and this book, Mm -hmm. technology at this moment is not helping us getting better at this area. i give you one clear example. Say, if you see competition between uh, YouTube and TikTok, basically the algorithm behind YouTube is trying to you to see the content between three minutes up to 15 minutes. While TikTok actually tried to, uh, the algorithm behind TikTok tried to make you to see a content that 50 seconds up to three minutes. If you follow today, that actually TikTok able to perform better than YouTube. What that means? That means we are getting used to shorter and shorter concentration focus. Then I ask you, how you can do with a concentration which is within 50 seconds and three minutes? Can you understand a book with this short of focus? Not likely. Not if it's a a big book I really want to chew on the ideas of. Yeah, But technology is sort of forcing us to be attracted almost to content that compresses ideas into shorter and shorter time frames, right? And how does that impact the way we think? Well, the one of the key, if from my research, mm. uh, when you want to activate system two, then uh, number one, you need able to focus. The better you're able to focus, the better probability then you're able to engage system two. And with our ability less and less today able to focus or concentration, well, then I can say we are also less and less able to engage system two. Mm. And basically, we will be less and less able to become creative or innovative. Yeah, that's a very important point. And I've heard many authors raise this and bring it to our awareness as well. Because I think it's almost hidden from our awareness. We don't realize that we are increasingly gravitating to liking things that are of shorter and shorter duration, how that's impacting us. Now, what does your book draw from the research of cognitive science out there to help us understand key principles of innovation. I mean, the promise of your book is you say on the cover, get ready for the next big thing and that this book will unlock the science behind the new way of innovation. So what exactly is cognitive science telling us about new principles of innovation? Okay, this is about something that's very common in cognitive science, in neuroscience, basically. Mm -hmm. They call it as a DMN, as a default mode network. So it's deeper part of system two. Can I remember, that's why I call, always said myself, I'm just continuing on the big shoe of Daniel Kahneman, the Nobel laureate. Kahneman stopped at system two. I'm continuing my research on this area and then figure out that there's a part of system two, they call it default mode network, that they're actually where all the innovation coming in. And the interesting thing about the default mode network is actually they are not active when you are thinking. Huh, interesting, right? So the hmm. so default mode network is actually active when you are not thinking. Well, I'm going to have to think uh, about that. Hold on, everything switched off right now. My default mode is on when I'm not thinking. Right, yeah. of course, yeah. That's why you say instinct happens from this 
system one, right? Yes, yeah. but logically people might thinking that mm. you need some ritual to move to your system two, mm. and you are thinking with your default mode network, right? It's uh, not that way. Ah. It's, it's actually you you need a one ritual to go into the system two and then the the MN, yeah. and actually you need not thinking when you ask the MN to active. Okay, so, so that's le- why I get it, I get it. So you cannot think your way into system two, is that what you're saying? Yes, correct. Okay, you mentioned the New Zealand All Blacks and their haka dance, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, it's such a show of power and strength. What do you want to illustrate there about ritual and moving into system two? Mm, basically, I want to add on the practice how you able to do innovation basically all innovation is more toward kind of framework right mm-hmm. it's like how you connecting nine dot and others but less of the innovation method practice that focus on the on the ritual so basically i'm by haka dance from the new new zealand i want to show you need a specific ritual mm-hmm. to go into system two or basically i want to state it that you need a specific ritual to do innovation that is so fascinating so what are the tools that we need can you share with us some practical insights on what the brain needs to break from this autopilot mode ritual solitude is that amongst it as well yes a solitude is a one of the key ritual that you have to do when you want to engage the system two in a nutshell, basically, system to help you to focus. If you are a master in meditation, perhaps you don't need solitude because you can suddenly make yourself solitude even in the busy orchard road. Yes. But if you are not the professional like them, then the solitude in the quiet place in Singapore, nice place or in your quiet room is necessary to help to reach the focus level that require to go into system two. Fascinating. You say we also can learn to think with our hands in a chapter that you talk about growing our myelin. Now, remember this from biology. Our myelin is sort of the, the, the sheath of our neural networks in our brains, right? So <laughs> what are you talking about here when it comes to thinking with our hands? Yes, I mean, this is what I, I'm really sad about it. Because actually, I mean, in my classroom, I mean, when I start to teach, everyone start open their tablet or laptop, right? That's very typical. They, they type using. It's kind of cool if you are basically writing on your tablet. I mean, if you are understand from neuroscience, at least the latest research, actually we are thinking also with our hand. It's not always with our brain. Basically, the movement of our hand will help us to make the fantasy or idea in our brain become more solid in the shorter period of time. So basically, your hand is help your brain to finalize their thinking. Got it, got it, yeah. I've spoken to some really well-known thinkers and they still write their books in longhand, for example. So I think that's a fascinating idea. We are speaking with the author of Escape from System One, Dr. Andreas Raharso, about his new book. Help us understand what being in the post-COVID world means for innovation. Well, for me, it's one word, opportunity. I see when we see changes situation like this, because it's a new situation, mm-hmm. this is will not back directly into the post-COVID because especially the, the 
COVID-19 still have a possibility for new mutation. We have to aware about it. And then the global will be situation will be changed with this is still ongoing the Russian invasion to Ukraine. So it's a lot of opportunity. And when the a lot of well, people might say challenges, but I always say challenges, opportunity. And with this happen, actually, when you can do innovation, creative thinking, think differently, that you can be the one, the first that uh, capture that infor- yeah, that opportunity for you, for your benefit. Okay, so you're optimistic about the the new post-COVID world where all the norms seem to be disrupted. Help us understand, if we want to make the most of those opportunities, how can we best unleash personal innovation? A lot of people look at people like Elon Musk and they seem to work non-stop and not sleep, um, you know, long hours of work. But you say we can't think our way into system two. So how can we best unleash personal innovation? Okay, number one, sleep actually is very important. So if you want to unleash personal uh, innovation, first thing first, please ensure you sleep at least six hours or more per day. So it's a myth that actually you are never sleep, then actually you can better do the creative thinking. No. When you are lack of sleep, most likely that you will not able to think creatively or do innovation. Okay. So that's cool, great. right? For me, it's easy, I right? think it's Just great. More. <laughs> <laughs> I firmly believe in that. Is that your top tip for us? That one. Uh, the other one is, uh, <laughs> yeah, sleep number one. That's if, if you're not enough sleep, then you can forget my book. That, <laughs> that's the, the hygiene level. <laughs> and what's next? Well, if you see my book, I'm specifically give you uh, what I call it the 100 technique of relaxation. So that's the another based on my research, the key to think creatively. I love the that. more you're able to relax, you are a master of relaxation. Combine your ability to have enough sleep. Even right now in the busy people like us in Singapore, sleep sometimes could be a challenge. So if you're able to do these two things, then... To cut the long story short, people typically today want to anything quick tips, right? Yeah. Then you increase your chances to do personal innovation significantly. Do you think putting away a smartphone is part of the equation as well to best unleash innovation? Wow, yes. That's another key. Actually, based on famous research from the University of Texas at Austin, mm-hmm. that actually when your smartphone around you, whether it's turned on or turned off, then your cognitive capability is reduced at the level of your not enough sleep. That big. Wow. That is so, intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So another trick. So if suddenly today, for example, Michelle, you want to be, uh, become much smarter as quick as possible. Very simple. Okay. Just put your smartphone outside your view. So basically, if you just have another room in your office, yeah. just put that. Yeah. And suddenly, you have a boost of cognitive capability equal to you have enough sleep. Wow. I'm going to try that out, Dr. Raharso. I'm going to test that. I'll always do that. If I'm <laughs> panicked, then the first thing first I do, I move my smartphone. <laughs> Lock it up. Uh, It's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you for joining us today. Sure, Michelle. Have a great day ahead. He's the author of Escape 
from System One, unlocking the science behind the new way of innovation. Dr. Andreas Raharso there, joining me in Reed. I'm Michelle Martin. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.